0: is a co-founder and CEO of probably the fastest growing online commercial lending platform I think I've I've run into so far. I mean this this is pretty remarkable especially in the amount of time that you guys have pulled this off because we're talking about a billion dollars in transactions at this point already. And you can go and find their website at stacksource.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, but Tim is there anybody any else you'd like them to uh, reach out to you?
1: Well, I'm happy to receive emails from anybody in the real estate space or interested in prop tech or any of that. And my direct email address is tim at stacksource.com.
0: So uh, let's let's start things off here a little bit. You know, you're one of the co-founders. What made you decide to tackle this type of project?
1: Yeah, you know, Jack, my interest in real estate started around the dinner table growing up because my dad was in the real estate commercial real estate industry in New York City. Um and so he was commuting from New Jersey and so we were in a nice suburban neighborhood in New Jersey. Um later when I was studying finance in college, um I got an internship at a big real estate services for- firm in New York and what I really loved about real estate um and specifically like commercial real estate was that the people involved in it were kind of building the future, right? Like we're the skylines and the buildings and, you know, the way that cities would operate and the buildings in them. And that was really interesting, but I, I didn't go into real estate right away. Um, So I, I was studying finance and I was interning in financial services and real estate. And I was really enamored with what was happening also in software and technology, building the future in an entirely different way. Um, one that was built with code and built on computers and with automation, um, and it took a few years into my career as I was in advertising technology um, to bridge those two things together and say, "Hey, at the intersection of real estate and technology, talk about building the future and an interesting an opportunity." And so, real estate tech was how I, I began to f- work full time in a full time capacity in in the real estate industry was through. Founding stack source.
0: Sure, you know it, it, this is just kind of interesting to me because I I think uh, I can put probably realtors and and brokerages and stuff into this uh, category as well because I I think real estate we're 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 a bit behind the times regarding technology in this space.
1: You know, there's a I think there's a defensible piece of that, and then and then there's a true piece of that. So there's the, the defensible piece is. You put a building into the ground, whether it's a home or an office building. That building is going to be there, or it's designed to be there for a long time, right? And so, decisions about real estate and developing of it and acquisitions they are decision they're decisions to take your time and do it right. And um, you know, there are other areas of the economy and companies and the wet, you know—interactions of our daily life that are that are much smaller and much more ephemeral, and you know, they need to be quicker and more efficient. And um, now. The defensible part is these buildings are going to be here a long time and they're mainstays. But you're right in that the services of real estate, whether it's buying or selling a home, uh, whether it is finding financing options, and that's you know where I play in the commercial financing options space, and um, or whether it's your operations of your property, the way you collect rent or run your property, or, or novel ways to increase the income at your property, there are a lot of opportunities to innovate. Um, and it may take some time to get them implemented in a portfolio or to use them, but there's a there's a huge amount of opportunities for efficiencies. And there's also a huge amount of opportunities to use data to your advantage as a player in the real estate industry. And I think because there's a little bit of a slower adoption and less there's been less traditionally spending on research and development r and d in the real estate industry than there have in any other major industry. and that that's an opportunity as much as it is a threat.
0: Sure. So let's let's talk a little bit about what your company does exactly. You know, I I when I went to your website, it almost kind of looked like one of those uh, places where it it allows a person to submit one application and get get sourced or like Policy Genius, a few other those. I've, I've typically seen this type of model in like the insurance industry. It's kind of refreshing to see it in a lending industry like this.
1: Yeah, um, you know, so we play in the commercial financing space, commercial mortgages, um, and this has actually happened in larger degree on the residential side already. uh, Where in twenty twenty one, I think Rocket Mortgage originated like one out of every eleven mortgage residential mortgage loans across the United States, Mm -hmm. and that's that's an enormous market share for one company to have, considering the thousands of banks and credit unions and the. You know, the thousands of of residential mortgage brokers that would like to be the person that gets you to your loan for one company to take like one out of every eleven originations is testament to the fact that in financial services, the expectations of I want to know what my rates and what my options are right now. I want to be able to close online. I want to be able to work. do i do I want to be able to talk to a person? Yes, sure. And I want to be able to talk to an expert but I also want control over the process myself. I've got the document, I can upload it to the portal. Um, I can find out what my mortgage options would be if I change the numbers. Um, that's what people want. Um, and that's happened more slowly in the commercial mortgage space. And so the, re- the reason for the existence of Stack Source or what we're going after is provide a very simple and transparent way to figure out your commercial financing options if you're in multifamily or commercial real estate.
0: Sure you know and, and a lot of people you know up until now uh, we we typically have run into a lot of real estate investing gurus if you will that that talk about and and tell you to focus on your local market and some of the smaller bankers i would imagine that this is kind of taking a different approach regarding uh, that type of outreach how do, how does that work
1: you know, we actually have a lot of banks and credit unions across the country plugged into the StackSource platform. So, StackSource is not a direct lender for commercial mortgages. What we've done is we've aggregated about a thousand different lenders across the country. Banks, credit unions, private debt funds, and then of course the big national, you know, um, financing options that you might expect, like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for multifamily, and you know, the commercial mortgage-backed securities market for major banks, and where there's only you know a few power players. Um, but actually, a, a large part of our network is these local to regional banks and credit unions. And while it's great to be able to know, hey, Bob at you know XYZ regional bank is someone I know he trusts me, he's going to be responsive, and he's going to give me good term sheets when I'm, when I'm financing something in his arena. Things change quickly. And you may not be working on the same types of deals every single day. And how do you know that just because Bob is you know responsive to you and you have a good relationship, is Bob's credit committee going to be as aggressive as the credit committee behind Jim at some other bank that you haven't talked to? And that's really the problem for commercial real estate investors and multifamily real estate investors, is there's not one underwriting box that all these banks, credit unions, and various types of lenders are underwriting to. They each control their own credit policies and their own commercial underwriting standards. And that's not the loan officer you're talking to, there's a credit committee and a chief credit officer that's giving them parameters that they have to work with. So for our system to understand the credit parameters that each institution is working with, the idea is getting competitive offers from multiple institutions is generally superior than one name that you know, even if you have a good relationship.
0: Sure. No, this is just really interesting because it kind of goes against a lot of what we've heard, especially, like I said, from the, from the gurus, it's interesting that you've been able to plug in so many, what I would see as, as smaller banks into your system, including credit unions, or do you find that it's pretty easy to sell this concept to these smaller banks?
1: That's a good question to ask. And the answer at the beginning was absolutely not. It was not easy to sell the concept to banks and credit (laughs) unions. Um, So when we were launching our platform, which is now back in 2017, um, and the team at at that time was pretty bare bones. It was myself and a couple of software engineers with a prototype that we were looking to launch and run some transactions, learn from them and learn, okay, how much more do we need to build? What features should we be building next? It was very much like a taped together type of prototype where we had a few small loan leads. And to get ready for our launch day, I called over a hundred lenders, and twenty of them joined our platform for the first, you know, for the first launch day. And the ones that were saying no were the more conservative banks and credit unions. And frankly, like the lenders with better rates and the lenders with better terms, and they had better borrower relationships and more borrower relationships than they knew what to do with. So it was very hard to break into that crowd of. You know the best financing options and the lowest rates. Um, and so I'd learned pretty early on, Jack, to actually shut up about the concept, about the technology, and how much we're going to be sending them in commercial deal flow someday, and just wait until we had something. If we didn't know their credit box yet, and they hadn't been onboarded to our platform, at least something close. Hey, here's something one county over from you. Um, you know, We have an online lead for this right now. Let's talk more about those parameters, because I have a lead. Is, the, is this a fit for you? And rather than in the early days, playing up the concept, we kind of just acted as brokers for a lo- for a while and said, "Hey, this is a deal. Do you- are you interested in this deal?" And that would help us get the initial traction and help us to get the initial platform set up. When these days, when we've got you know billion do- billions of dollars of leads flowing through our platform for people looking for commercial mortgages, you know those banks are calling us.
0: Sure. Well, let- let's take uh, on the lender on the. Uh- the person who's looking for the capital side of things, how small of a project are you? Are we talking about that can be done through your platform versus how large can a person go?
1: Oh, sure. Well, so I'll tell you the actual minimum and maximum from last year. Uh, the smallest loan that we arranged in 2021 was 130 thousand dollars for someone to acquire a local two tenant um, retail building, um, and They had, you know, mom and pop tenants and the building was old and like, you know, class C um, and they needed $130,000 to get their acquisition put together. Uh, The largest loan that we arranged on the platform last year was nearly $60 million for a major student housing tower construction project uh, in Texas. Um, And we actually have larger loans than that in our pipeline now um, on the StackSource platform. So it's been all over the place. The first hundred 150 loans we did were all sub $5 million as we were getting the platform running and you know really helping borrowers that didn't have too many other people to turn to. Commercial mortgage brokers, traditional ones that don't have the technology that we have and the efficiency we have, don't tend to help the smallest borrowers in the market because their time is their money and they do everything um, manually. They, they're building a package about deals in a PDF and they're you know, trying to think about lenders they can send it to, and then they're on the phone with lenders explaining the package to them. And we've we've been able to, you know, make our process more efficient in a way we can help smaller borrowers. Um, but we've been uh, we've been you know very happy to be able to help some some larger deals over to the finish line now as well.
0: Sure. So let's talk about the type of projects then. Are are you talking about can can people use your platform for fix and flips? Strictly rental properties. You already mentioned commercial properties. So, what what are we looking at for that type of project?
1: The only thing we don't do, and we're not licensed to do, and we're not attacking that part of the market, is less than five units of residential. Um, so, if it's a fix and flip, or if it's a single family rental, um, we we. That wouldn't be us. We wouldn't be able to help in that regard. Uh, if you get to five units, either in the property, like a you know six unit multifamily, or you know at, at least mm-hmm. at least five units, um, or if it's a rental portfolio of at least five doors um, that you want to refinance, those are both supported on our platform. And then any type of commercial asset, retail, industrial. Um, Other flavors of multifamily, like the student housing I mentioned, or senior housing office, the office is in a tough spot in the capital markets right now. Um, So anything else that is, you know, um, commercial, or if it's residential, at least five doors.
0: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So if somebody goes to your platform, like what information would they need to provide? And what are the qualifications somebody would have to have in order to get into this?
1: Yeah, okay. So uh, the property address is the first and most important thing that we need to understand what type of financing is going to be matching and then whether you qualify for matching financing programs. So in residential, if you were to buy a home or if you're gonna use a residential mortgage to buy an investment property of you know one to four units, it's all about you as the borrower it's your credit score, your income history, how much money do you have in the bank. In commercial mortgage underwriting, you flip that to being primarily about the property. Now, the borrower's credit picture doesn't matter, but it's the types of things that can disqualify you from a loan. Just because you have great credit and you have a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to get a commercial mortgage. Getting a commercial mortgage primarily has to do with what type of property is it and what is your business plan for that property? If it's fully stabilized, if you have a 25-unit apartment complex and 24 of those are occupied by paying tenants, there's not too much. There's not too many questions about your business plan. Let's keep let's keep 24 units, or maybe lease up the 25th. There's not too much question about the value of the property because there's you know uh, all the tenants are paying rent. That's a pretty easy scenario to get a commercial mortgage as long as you know what you're doing with that type of property. But if you're talking about construction, value add, dealing with vacancy, dealing with um, properties that may have various issues to be worked out um, before they're going to be profitable, that's where it really comes down to not, the, not just the borrower's finances, but their track record and their expertise. What, what skills do you have to make this unprofitable property or slightly profitable property more profitable? Um, and that's really what lenders are looking for. On the commercial side, first of all, what is the property? You know, what when was it built? What are the characteristics? You know, wh- where is it? Location being imp- very important. So it's going to be property. Second, it's going to be borrower's track record, especially if it's a value add project or construction. And then third, the final one is the actual borrower's finances.
0: Sure. So uh, I'm going to touch on something, and you can you're welcome to answer this or not. Um, but I think it's important for our listeners to understand how does StackSource make money out of this?
1: Sure. Um, so we make a uh, percentage fee on the loan amount at closing. So there is no um, upfront cost to using StackSource to see what lenders you're matched with, um, to get preliminary underwriting feedback, to get one of our capital advisors to respond, and you know say hey, like, you know, this looks like you're actually going to qualify for these financing programs or here's some idea. And and in certain underwriting scenarios, um, going forward, there will be instant soft quotes on our platform. Um, Not not binding, but, you know, an instant idea based on the property's location and characteristics and, and income, what your interest rate and terms are going to look like. All of that doesn't have a cost associated. You're not plugging in a credit card number or stroking stack source a check. Our economics are built into successfully getting loans closed and funded
0: sure no and, and that that makes sense as well so i'm gonna go down and since you're a co-founder and entrepreneur here um i'm gonna gonna turn something back on you here what is the biggest mistake you've made so far in this journey and what did you learn from it
1: i've made my fair share jack so I, i've made mistakes across multiple pieces of building a business so this is the first built business that i have built Uh, I have worked for some great companies. Uh, I've built things inside of companies, but this is the first business that I've built. And so I've had to learn a plethora of lessons. The most painful ones and the most costly ones are when you make people mistakes. Um, So bringing somebody on into a position that they're not well-suited to succeed and you're not well-suited to coach them into succeeding is one of those mistakes that will set you back in, in terms of money, time, and potentially damage to your company. And so I consider those to be my own personal mistakes. If somebody doesn't succeed in a role that I hire them for, that's because I should have interviewed better, I should have done more digging, I should have set them up in a, a different type of role or asked them to con- achieve different goals. And whenever you have someone fail at your company that's a person, that's that's the leader's mistake. And so those have been the most, um, I, I have purposely gotten you know, I've learned more and hopefully gotten better at the interview process um, in setting up roles with the right expectations, sourcing the right types of candidates, being patient to find the right candidate. So we had we had an important role that was open at StackSource that we opened last summer, and we only just hired the person last month. Um, and now, and you know, if your listeners are listening later in early 2022, um, and it was the right thing to leave that role open. For months even though that's painful and we needed the work to be done and we had to pitch in and get it but hiring the wrong person is more painful for them and for you and for the company than leaving it open a little bit longer and being more patient to find the right person
0: on the on the flip side of that coin i'd have to imagine that part of of this type of business it's pretty rewarding to actually help with uh individuals meet their investment goals like Tell me a situation where you've gotten some, some feedback from, from a particular investor in that regard.
1: That is one of the most rewarding things um, is to help a client close on their real estate transaction, boost to their returns, You know, get them a better interest rate than they were able to get from another financing source and how that helps them make more money. So I'll, I'll give you two quick ones. One, um, we had a borrower tell us after we successfully sourced you know terms of an acceptable loan and a good loan for him to acquire a multifamily property we had we had the right terms for him in 2 days on our platform he told us then that it was the most amazing thing because he had called 41 different lenders before coming and there were some prop, there were some issues with the property there were some credit there, there were some issues that led up to you know not not every deal are you going to strike out 41 times in a row that's going to be rare but it can happen. And in this case, it did happen. And to source a loan for someone in a couple of days that they made over 40 phone calls for was one cool um, opportunity. Uh, another one is another multifamily investor that started working on his multifamily business and his brand and all of that on the side with his W-2 job and was killing himself, you know, going crazy, working the W-2 job and investing on the side. And not not everybody's goal, but this person's goal was to be a full-time real estate investor. Um, and so we helped him refinance a property that he had bought, get a much better interest rate, much lower monthly payments. And it was a key part of him being able to quit his w two job and become a full-time real estate investor and like have a bit of it now now he's part of a team of three, uh, and they're they're working on you know finding and analyzing deals. Um, and so that was, Another hugely rewarding to see the impact uh, for somebody being able being able to quit their W two job, which was a years long goal, and was our refinancing the only piece? No, he had, he had done so much more work on that, but our refinancing was a piece that boosted his cash flow by hundreds of dollars a month into his pocket, as well as you know his co investors making more money each month as well, um, and that was very rewarding.
0: Well, you know, you're in the technology industry; things are pro- progresses extremely fast. What's what's the next stop? What are you guys working on now?
1: So we're, we're increasing the coverage on our platform, which is pretty low today, uh, honestly, of loan scenarios where you can get an instant soft quote. Um, so for most loan scenarios in commercial and multifamily real estate, um, rather than getting an instant quote, you're going to get matched with different capital sources, but your loan needs to be, your underwriting needs to be reviewed and approved and then reviewed by these capital sources and then quoted back. And- The process is more efficient than traditional brokerage, but it's not instant. And so we're working to increase the coverage of different loan scenarios that will have instant quotes on our platform. We also just announced in recent weeks our first larger deal on the platform where not only did we bring the right lender to the table and get the best loan quote for this investor, but we also introduced them to another equity source that brought additional equity dollars into their deal um, and we ended up sourcing more than 85% of the money going into the property um, because this investor had some of the equity, but not all. And so we were able to bring a loan and an extra equity investor to the table. Um, and while we're not going to be able to do that for every type of deal, on certain deals in the future, we're we're excited to productize that more, um, to, to say, hey, um, here are the types of deals that could be matched with additional sources of capital and alternative sources of capital. Um, in addition to lenders that you know want to make loans on these types of properties,
0: yeah, that's that's an interesting addition. Like, so you're talking about essentially private money associated with that deal.
1: Yeah, the, the equity source in this one was a West Coast based, um, essentially private equity fund um, that has money in a fund specifically to invest at a preferred equity level in properties of a certain type. Um, And so the property was not on the West Coast, the property was in Texas. And we brought a lender from the East Coast and an equity pref- preferred equity investor from the West Coast, and so we we covered uh, we covered both coasts and the great state of Texas, all in this one tra- uh, one transaction. Being able to stitch those two things together in one deal.
0: So, as a person is is taking a look at these options, and you're you're sourcing a variety of options for them. You know, they might not just have one choice. I mean, you, they might get back a, a few options available to them. What are some of the things that they should be looking for to make sure it's a good match?
1: So there are several things that you can be looking for beyond just, I want a better interest rate when looking at commercial financing options. So yes, interest rate, does it matter to your deal? It can. Um, The lowest interest rate is not always going to be the best loan, though, for a deal. you, the next thing that is typically looked at is going to be the leverage. So, how much is going to be equity versus how much is going to be debt? So, if you're on the residential side, you're going to call that equity your down payment, um, right? And it's it's typically pretty standardized on the residential side, where based on your credit score and a few other factors, you can tell how much down payment you need to have. But on the on the commercial side, it varies pretty widely. Um, needing to bring 20 or 30 or 40% of the deal with your own cash equity um, is a huge difference to the underwriting of your deal and how much cash flow is going to be. Um, Beyond leverage and understanding leverage constraints and how you get more money um, and how you you get a more uh, bigger loan, uh, the next thing probably is going to be recourse. Um, So if this property goes sideways and there's you know, we lose tenants or it's mismanaged or, you know, something happens that there's going to be a default on the loan. Am I losing my equity or am I losing my equity and the lender is telling me I need to pay back the rest of the balance of the loan for my own personal assets? So that would be recourse. If you're responsible to make the lender whole, no matter what, even beyond losing your equity, that would be a full recourse loan. Non-recourse would be, listen, I can lose my equity, I can lose money in this deal, but they're not coming after me for the full loan amount if they take the property back. The property is as much as they can get. So that would be recourse versus non-recourse. And one more would be prepayment penalties. So if I do want to pay down this loan early because I want to reduce my debt or because I want to sell the property at year three instead of year 10, and it's a 10-year term, do I need to pay extra fines and penalties just for paying the loan back early. And on a typical commercial mortgage, there's going to be a prepayment penalty structure. And so understanding that and understanding relatively how flexible is your loan and how flexible does it need to be for the business plan that you have in place? Like, do you want to be able to sell at year three versus year five or 10? Um, These are some of the very common commercial mortgage, um, you know, kind of differentiation points. And there can be many more. The more The more complex your deal is, um, the more complex the financing structure can be, but those are common ones that you know most investors should know if they're getting their first or second commercial or multifamily deal done.
0: Sure. So, how how important is it for somebody to have that track record associated with this? Like it, it you've mentioned it kind of briefly a couple times. You know, the second or third deal does is that a, a big part of qualifying for some of these mortgages?
1: It's huge. Um, It's just like getting your first job. Uh, How many first jobs say one to two years experience needed? And you're in this catch-22 saying, well, I don't have any experience, but I need to get a job to get experience, but I need experience to get a job. Um, It's largely the same type of catch-22 conundrum with getting your first commercial mortgage. Lenders don't typically want to be your first lender. Um, Just like employer may not want to be your first employer because there's so much risk associated with it, right? Um, Do they know what they're doing? If there's a problem with a tenant, are they going to know how to handle that? And, you know, they're not here to teach you how to run a property. They're there to invest with not much return. I mean, interest rates are pretty low. They're not getting that much out of it other than their money back and some interest for you to succeed with that property, but they can lose a lot of money. If you mess up that property and that you know something happens that you can't handle or you let it go sideways or you mismanage so it's kind of understandable to a degree now the way through is a couple things one money can make up for problems sometimes if you have a huge net worth and you have a lot of money and you have a lot of liquidity you're reducing the risk somewhat you know Mm -hmm. uh, congratulations you're sitting on five million dollars of cash because you sold a business or something and you're trying to buy a one million dollar property well, maybe that's going to be a full recourse loan and the bank's going to be very comfortable because you've got a lot of cash. Um, that's one way through. If you don't have the cash or the experience, what do you do? You find a way to get the experience if you don't have the cash. So that can be partnering on your first deal. And that's that's common, to partner on your first multifamily or commercial deal and to not be the only person signing the loan. Um, if you have a more experienced investor that with a more substantial portfolio and they've you know, been in this for a few years or or for a number of years. Can you get someone like that to partner with you on the deal? Maybe they invest in it. Maybe they don't even invest in it. They're just going to be an extra person signing the paperwork, and they get a um, you know a, a percentage of the profits uh, because they're signing the paperwork. So there are these strategies. Uh, another one would be get a job at a real estate investment firm before starting your own. Um, so those would be like three common strategies for how do you break that catch twenty two? Have money borrow somebody else's experience or go get the experience before you buy.
0: So, no, this has been a great conversation. So it, just to remind everybody, head over to stacksource.com for a lot more information. And uh, what what harm does it do if you're if you're looking at this? I, I know what you're talking about. You mentioned that person who made 40 phone calls and couldn't find somebody to, to pick that ball up. I, I mean, that happens actually more than i think a lot of us realize with that being said is there a question or a concept that you wish we would have covered here today
1: uh, jack you, you've done a great job as an interviewer and, and helping people to understand these topics so i appreciate it uh no i listen i'm i'm a big fan of tech i'm a big fan of real estate we're trying to bring that together um so thanks for letting me uh, chat about it on your show
0: yeah i i hope you'll consider coming back again sometime i'm i'm just you can already probably tell I delved into the entrepreneurial aspect a little bit, and I'm sure that there's a whole episode of mindset and just running a business that we could probably cover.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to.
0: Have you learned
1: at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate
0: investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.